In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Get ready. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, live on Toganet.com. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio features the powerful voices of Christy Hawley, Robin Boyd, Linda Franklin, Tracy Costin, Danny Kiernan, Susan Haid, and Lisa Dietress. Together, these women bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s, from great parenting tips to moms living with cancer, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Welcome, everyone. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and I am not Sandra Beck. I am Robin Boyd. Sandra is having a little family vacation right now. She's got a little getaway, so we gave her the day off. We even gave her the day off yesterday, too. (laughs) If anyone uh, tuned into our show yesterday on Military Mom Talk Radio, she was absentia then, too. But a well-deserved vacation, and Sandra, we love you, and we know that you're doing some, some very special things with your family so we are sending you a hug as we are sending a hug to Christy Holly. Christy is off today as well. She's doing some family things and having, I don't know of anybody who is not having a hot summer. This this one is really beastly I think, well at least this week is. So I hope you have something cool to drink. I hope you've got uh, your visor and your sun hat on if you're happen to be outdoors and if you're indoors park yourself either in front of AC or a fan and enjoy the hour and talking about sun one of the um, features that I have been uh, a contributing part of motherhood talk radio is to talk about cancer and living with cancer surviving cancer and not necessarily cancer, but sometimes we're talking serious illnesses too. There are some times that we, as moms or as parents, because certainly dads have had to go through these sorts of things too, you still have a family life. You may be going through chemo. You may be going through testing, through biopsies, but you still have kids on your lap and you still have um, the softball games that kids want you to go to. And those are the things that hopefully during the series that we're presenting on our on surviving cancer are going to be um, if nothing else, a bonding that, yes, we've been there, we've done that. When uh, my kids were in, um, let's see, I think they were both in junior high, I had a bout with cancer, and it was it was a challenge. And you sort of have to 
I don't want to say pick your battles, but you have to sort of decide, all right, if I want to be at that baseball game, that means I either have to take a nap and not do something else, or maybe someone else can do my groceries for me so that I have my reserve strength so that I can do the things that are most important to me. So those are the kinds of things I think that this series is hopefully going to do. I will say right up front, and I know my guest today is going to say the same thing, I'm not a physician and I'm not a clinician, so the things that we're sharing here are the things that we have experienced, the things that we knew or know are helpful, and um, if nothing else, it's that second um, opinion that maybe you, you, you need to go and get and maybe we're there saying, go for it, do it. Uh, we, we just might be that, that helpful voice giving you the stability to do the thing that you're kind of afraid to do. But, uh, you know, you really need to. So in the light of it being a hot summer and being a very um, sunny, uh, a lot of us are experiencing sun. We haven't had rain in in days and days. I I can't remember the last time it, it rained. We're talking being outdoors and we're talking about being in the sun. And one of the most, of course, um, vulnerable things we are to is uh, skin cancer because of our exposure to the sun. And my guest today is uh, Stephen Berkeley. He is the communications coordinator for the Norris Cotton Cancer Center right here in uh, New Hampshire, in Lebanon, New Hampshire. Now, on their website, before I say hi to uh, Steve, I'm going to read a little something on their page concerning skin cancer. It says the rates of malignant melanoma and other skin cancers are rising in the United States and childhood sunburns may be the cause. Apparently, there's some research being done on on this issue. In fact, it says reducing sunburns and exposure to UV radiation among children under the age of 18 can or maybe we should say could prevent 90% of skin cancers later in life. That is a staggering statistic. And if anything, um, getting your kids to get into that habit right from the get-go when they're very little to know that the sun can be harmful, but it doesn't mean that they need to stay in and play video games all day long. So we're going to uh, explore some topics about skin cancer today. As I said, my guest today is Stephen Berkeley uh, from the Norris Cotton Cancer Center in Lebanon, New Hampshire, and he's responsible for both internal and external communications, including patient information, research stories, press releases, and articles published in the Cancer Center's online newsletter called Focus, which is what I just read from. Um, We'd like to say welcome, Steve. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Robin. How are you? Hi. Great. It's, to... it's great to finally meet you. <laughs> yes, it is. I need, I need to say two things right at the outset. Uh, first, um, I'm talking to you from home, and I've got a couple of big dogs that enjoy barking. Uh, in fact, we've got a guest in the house. So we may uh, have their voices immortalized on the Internet here uh, on occasion. Steve, Uh, I'll tell you right now, this is Motherhood Talk Radio. We've had dogs. We've had kids. We've had... You know how it is in... You know how it is in New Hampshire. We love our dogs. And, uh, <laughs> um, the second thing I need to say, and, and I need to be absolutely clear about this, is I, I am not a physician and I'm not a clinician. 
Um, so uh, your listeners should always, if they have questions about uh, any kind of cancer, in fact, questions about any kind of health matter, they should always consult with their physician. Um, you know, doing research is great, and conversations like this is a great way to pass along some good information, and uh, patients are becoming more and more informed every day. But always, uh, uh, there's no replacement for a conversation with your doctor. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that networking does help with uh, in, in that, yes, you're, you're absolutely right, and I certainly do not want us to, sort, to be uh, perceived as being the authoritative. We're just sharing experiences. But there's oftentimes things that we experience as patients that um, someone else doesn't even know to ask about when they do go to the doctor because uh, all of us know you get in that office, you wait, 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 and then you're in there with the guy or the gal and they say anything else and you say nope and boom, they're gone. You say, I should have asked about this, I should have asked about that. So one of the things that we always say is start taking some notes. But, for example, uh, when I went through my ordeal, I had a port, and we discovered that the port was one of the best ways for me to receive a particular um, medication that I was on chemo uh-huh. when I was on chemo. And I visited with someone who had just been diagnosed, and I said, ask them about this, ask them about that. And this fellow said, you know what, he never mentioned a port. And the next time he went in, he asked, is this right for me? And they said, you know, this might be the right thing for you. So, so many times, I'm not saying that obviously your friend is going to know more than your physician, but I think if we have some, some questions to ask when we're there, is this right for me? Would I be okay by taking this, if, if it's Coke, if Coca-Cola, if it's, um, can I take an antacid? You know, all of those kinds of things are the things you've got to bring up when you, when you visit with your doctor. There's some, um, I, 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 I completely agree. And, you know, there is a load of terrific information uh, that's available on the Internet. Now, there's a lot of other information that's available on the Internet, too, um, and kind of sorting the, the wheat from the chaff can be difficult sometimes. But at some point in this program or in this hour, we'll talk about some, um, some Internet resources that uh, your listeners can use uh, to find out um, uh, some, some scientifically valid information about skin cancers and prevention and stuff that uh, may provide them with uh, the kind of information that you're talking about so that when they do go in and see their doctor, um, they, they, they have some questions and um, uh, some specific things that they want to ask, ask about. Every, sure. every, every patient is individual. Every health case is individual. In exactly. fact, for that matter, Research is showing that every cancer is individual. So Isn't that true? You, you, yeah. You can't ever really have too much information um, about these health situations. And things are changing. You, you open up a magazine or, or, or whatever, you see something new. And there again, you don't want to just go and get the crazy 800 number and call for, for medical advice, but you certainly want to know where can I go uh, to to read up a little bit on this, and then, of course, whatever you read, you've got to go and um, and chat with your doctor about it. Uh, and the thing is, is that there are times that... Um, 
they, this discussion, they may say, well, you know what, this isn't quite right for you, and this is why. So though, at least assuring you that, no, you shouldn't be doing this or taking that, um, that conversation still needs to happen, too. Uh, that's, Steve, a, that's, that's, a, that's a very important point, Robin. Um, like I said, uh, research is showing increasingly that uh, cancer is highly individualistic, and um, so. you and I could have uh, could both be diagnosed with the same type of cancer. Um, right. But in fact, your cancer is particular to you, and, yeah. and your body and your cells, and my cancer is particular to me. So, right. what Steve, might before, be before we go on? I'm so sorry. We've got a break coming up. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll have three of those during the show. This happens to be the first one, and uh, we're speaking with Steve Berkeley from the Norris Cotton Cancer Center in New Hampshire. Be back in a moment. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest in heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Fertility is an extremely personal subject. Tune in Monday nights at 9, 8 central for the Fertility Forum with infertility psychotherapist and expert Phyllis Martin on toginet.com. This is the show about infertility, gaining support, and information. Phyllis will assist you in navigating the disappointments and decisions that often accompany the difficult journey from diagnosis to conception, pregnancy to parenthood. She is passionate about her work and is an expert in the donor egg field, bringing both her personal and professional experience to all she does. Ms. Martin has extensive experience in helping patients cope with infertility, pregnancy loss, adoption, surrogacy, miscarriage, pregnancy termination, and creative family building. She knows what you're going through, and she's here to help. It's the Fertility Forum with your host, Phyllis Martin, Monday nights at 9, 8 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. 
Hello, everyone. It's Robin Boyd today. It's not Sandra Beck. It's Robin. This is Robin Boyd with you today uh, while Sandra and Christy take a little break and uh, a well-deserved break. So wherever they are in the world, we say hello and, and and hope you're enjoying yourself with family and friends. But with me today, uh, I'm not alone, a lonely little petunia today. I have Stephen Berkeley. He is uh, from the Norris Cotton Cancer Center in Lebanon, New Hampshire. And you're also, you are an author as well. Is that correct, Steve? Well, I'm a a reporter and journalist, and uh, I've been a magazine journalist. uh, Oh, gosh, I'm uh, almost embarrassed to admit for how long it's been, but um, (laughs) it's... (laughs) It's been, uh, let me count up, almost 35 years. And, oh, you were brave uh, to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've uh, written about a lot of different subjects. Um, I am uh, have been a correspondent for The Economist magazine in London, which is uh, sort of the British version of Time magazine, but it, it, mm. it covers world affairs, and uh, a lot of other publications. But I really enjoy writing about uh, health issues and uh, cancer in particular for the Norris Cotton Cancer Center. Um, the cancer the Norris Cotton Cancer Center is one of just 41 uh, comprehensive cancer centers, and that's a specific designation from the National Cancer Institute. And to earn that designation, um, you have to have a research component um, and also a clinical component and an education component. So these things uh, all work together. Um, to further cancer research and, and treatment and also to train the next generation of, of, of cancer physicians. So it's, a, um, it's an important center, um, and it's the only one of its kind in northern New England. Uh, so we draw patients from uh, New Hampshire, Vermont, uh, even upstate New York and Maine, huh? and uh, uh, also uh, sometimes from western Massachusetts. Um, We have a great number of specialties. Um, We have a renowned uh, 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 bone marrow uh, transplant um, program and uh, uh, breast cancer uh, program. So it's it's really been a pleasure to get to know the physicians and the researchers at, uh, at Norris Cotton. Absolutely, and is the there's um, a school of medicine up there the the Dartmouth College and the is it Giselle School of Medicine yeah, uh, is that uh, all actually, part of the same campus or? Yes, um, Dartmouth College, uh, which uh, your uh, listeners are going to recognize the name of, um, mm-hmm. it's in Hanover, and uh, it is home to the oldest medical school in the United States. Uh, now, the medical school actually was just renamed um, a few months ago, and it's now called the Geisel School of Medicine at Dartmouth, and that's after Theodore Geisel, who some of your listeners may know. Uh, Theodore Geisel was the actual proper name of Dr. Seuss. Oh, and, of course. Uh, and Dr. Seuss was a, uh, a, a student at Dartmouth in the 1920s, and he maintained a long-running connection with the college. And uh, his estate uh, gave a very generous gift to the uh, to the medical school, and um, and the medical school then was named in his honor. It's really it's really a, a, a wonderful thing, and um, uh, to to know that 
those wonderful, these spectacular children's books that are beloved by children all over the world. Uh, uh, I grew up with them. My kids grew up with them. My grandkids are growing up with them. And, you know, generations on from now are going to enjoy those books. And the legacy uh, of Dr. Seuss is enormous, and part of it is in the oldest medical school in the United States. That's phenomenal. That's yeah. Really warm and fuzzy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You know, oh. who knew that the cat in the hat, uh, uh, you know, was also interested in cancer? But that's true. Um, it, anyway, the uh, the Norris Cotton Cancer Center sort of uh, uh, bridges two landing points, and one is uh, the Geisel School of Medicine at Dartmouth, and then the other is the Dartmouth Hitchcock Medical Center, where all of our uh, clinical um, uh, cancer care takes place. I see. And with research and development, you must need funding. And I understand you had something very exciting over the weekend, didn't oh, you? Thank you for asking about that. Oh, yeah, funding is, is always a, a, a need. And like uh, cancer centers um, everywhere in the United States, uh, we have an organization that helps raise funds for us. Ours is called Friends of Norris Cotton Cancer Center. And just on Saturday... We held our annual um, uh, largest fundraising event of the year. It's called the Proudy, and uh, what it is is a uh, event where people can <clears throat> ride various distances on a bicycle up to 200 miles. Oh my or they word! Can, oh yeah, and or they can walk uh, various distances, or they can even row um, on the Connecticut River. Uh, various distances and and raising money and getting pledges uh, for the for the distances that they ride. Um, it's called the Proudy uh, because the roots of this um, uh, marvelous event go back to a cancer patient named Audrey Proudy, who was at the cancer center uh, back in the early 1980s. She was a an extraordinary person, um, very inspirational. And after she eventually succumbed to cancer, four nurses who were so moved by her, uh, and she was their patient, they decided that they would ride their bicycles 100 miles through the White Mountains of New Hampshire and raise money for cancer research. Wow. And that was, that was in 1982, and they raised $4,000 uh, on that, that first event. Well, since then, the Proudy has grown and grown and grown. <clears throat> And, uh, in fact, on Saturday, uh, as of the, uh, the day of the Prouty, we had raised just this year $2.4 million for the really? Cancer Center. Yes. And overall, um, the Prouty event has raised more than $16 million uh, for cancer research and patient services uh, at Norris Cotton Cancer Center. So this wow. woman, uh, Audrey Prouty, has left um, an amazing legacy that she doesn't even know about, but that has helped patients throughout northern New England. And in a nice little bit of serendipity, um, her the town that she lived in is a small town uh, called uh, Warren, New Hampshire, mm -hmm. which is in, in the Lakes region. And it also happens to be the boyhood town of Norris Cotton himself. Really? Uh, who, wow. Who, um, 
who was uh, uh, became an elected member of Congress from New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and then uh, became a senator. And as he, and when he was a senator, uh, he secured the funding that established the cancer center that is now named in his honor. So this little town, Warren, New Hampshire, and if anybody. Uh, knows about it. It's got a rocket right in the middle of town, which is <laughs> sort of its its famous or infamous landmark. Anyway, Warren, New Hampshire, has uh, an amazing connection to the cancer center, and it's just a small little town, and 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 we all love it, and uh, and it's it's warm in our hearts because of, of Audrey Prouty and Norris Cotton. Well, out of something so small comes something so amazingly important and changing the lives of, of hundreds of thousands of people. I, I can't even imagine the uh, volume of people that have been um, treated and uh, successfully treated at, at your facility. Um, Tens of thousands of patients that, a year, yeah. yes. <laughs> That's it's just astounding. Um, one of the things that uh, we were talking uh, in the first segment about how cancer is unique to every individual, um, and specifically talking about cancer, how often do does the um, cancer center recommend that people actually uh, go and perhaps get checked for for skin lesions or I, I know that there is um, probably different things that we see on our skin and we say oh is this something we should check out or I mean is there um, a specialist that we should see right off the bat or do you well that's a, that, that's a recommend? great question Robin um, that, 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 that's a terrific question um, it's a little bit different than uh, skin cancer is a little bit different than like going in for an annual mammogram or you know, prostate uh, exam um, because you can see your skin and uh, the the thing to pay attention to that uh, 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 your listeners need to pay attention to and again let me remind uh, people that I'm not a doctor or a clinician um, so they should talk to their doctor about this but is is to look for changes. You know, most people have freckles and have moles, and, mm-hmm. you know, we're all kind of familiar with them and where they are. And, uh, you know, we kind of, after a while, you're so accustomed to living with them that you, that you don't make any notice uh, of them. But um, you should, you know, from time to time, just take a look and say, you know, is that mold that I've always had on my leg, is it, is it getting any bigger? Is it, you know, changing or, or not? And uh, if, it, if it is, then it's time to go to your dermatologist or, you know, first to your primary care physician if that's the most convenient for you or to a dermatologist and have it checked out. Hmm. Because I think so many times you, you just say, oh, it'll go away or, oh, you know, I just, um, I must have scratched myself or whatever. And those are the kinds of things that I guess we really should be, like you say, in tune with what our bodies right. look, look like. You know, you know, the, the human skin is really an amazing thing. It's, uh, I, I mean, when you consider all that it does, it, uh, first of all, it covers our body and holds us together. Mm. Um, you know, second of all, it protects us from harmful rays of the sun. Um, it, it, it also protects us from heat and from cold. It, uh, it produces sweat to, to cool us down. It also produces oils to keep the skin supple. 
it's made up of cells. It's, a, it's this living thing that is constantly changing. It grows with us and, uh, and changes as, as the human body changes in size. At the same time, think about everything that we subject our skin to. You know, no one would ever think about let's say, dipping their liver in turpentine or, you know, <laughs> know. or their, or their Steve, brain, we, we, brain into paint thinner. And yet, you know, anybody who's ever used oil-based paints has, you know, gotten some turpentine on their skin. And, and right. you know, We're heading out for a break, Steve, and we'll have to wait, hold the turpentine until we get back on the other side of the break. All right, I'll be right here. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Wondering how to market, where to invest, where to advertise, where to find the right advice, or what to do about taxes? Doing business today is a complex venture, and that's where All Biz Talk comes in. All Biz Talk helps businesses and individuals find the right path to their success and learn more about the ideas, products, and services used by today's top professionals. Success leaves clues, so if you want to be successful, it's always best to listen to the people who have already been where you want to be. Our hosts are unbiased and will ask the hard questions, taking your calls to help connect you with the right professionals, people who can help you get a better handle on your personal and business choices. All Biz Talk is not a financial services company and does not offer any financial advice, but we will help you make the right choice when it comes to planning your financial future. Join All Biz Talk Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central at allbiztalk.com. As your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds. Trying to keep your head up to the sky. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. 
welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd today, not Sandra. Sandra's out with her family, as is Christy. And we say hey to them and hoping they're having a wonderful time. And I hope everyone is having a wonderful summer. It, You know, it, I, I always hate when July 4th passes by because, boom, the back-to-school stuff comes out immediately. So <laughs> nothing like just shortening summer and, uh, wait a minute, I just got my, my flip-flops out. Hold on, I want a little more time. So I hope that everyone is enjoying their summer and uh, making it a good one. And with me today is Steve Berkeley. He is the communications coordinator for the Norris Cotton Cancer Center in Lebanon, New Hampshire. And Steve, before the break, we were talking about how wonderful our skin is, uh, that we, we can see things with our skin we we see the wonderful things that we 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 are blessed with but then also we see the things that make us worry and i guess those are the times that we have to say all right i need to protect this wonderful skin of mine um and i think everybody is inundated with information about sunscreens but what does norris cotton give us for advice as far as uh skin protection well um you can't use too much sunscreen, and it should be SPF 30 or higher. And uh, you you should put it yes, and you should put it on. Uh, really, it, it should just become a habit of going outside. Uh, now, obviously, you don't need sunscreen at night, um, but between the hours of 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. in particular. Uh, when the sun is at its strongest, uh, sunscreen is really uh, a, a, a necessary protection. The, the best news about sunscreen, though, is that it is the, one of the most effective cancer prevention tools that you can use, and at the same time, it's the cheapest. Wow, so, it sure is. Uh, yeah, that, that's right. Kids especially should get in the habit of just thinking that, uh, you know, putting on sunscreen before going outside is, is, is part of, you know, just putting on your shoes to run outside. Mm-hmm. It needs to be that same kind of regular habit. Because research has shown that uh, sunburns, <clears throat> and bad sunburns, uh, can be a source of eventual skin cancer later in life. Now, you know, all of us kind of, you know, smile and remember terrible sunburns that we've had in our childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, 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 you know, it, too much exposure to the sun without any protection, you're exposing your skin, which, as we were saying, is this amazingly marvelous part of our bodies. It, it, we're exposing our skin to too much ultraviolet radiation from the sun. The sun, you know, the sun provides us with vitamin D. It makes things grow. It's it's. It's necessary to all life on, on planet Earth. And at the same time, too much sun uh, is not a good thing, so we have to strike a balance. Fortunately, we've come up with this great tool, sunscreen, uh, mm-hmm. that allows us to enjoy the benefits of the sun and mitigate uh, uh, you know, the harm. So uh, also, I should mention that sunscreen is an important thing to put on uh, exposed skin during the winter, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the sun may be lower in the sky during the winter, but if you live in an area such as New Hampshire, which is, has a snowy climate in the winter, on a sunny day uh, in snow country, that is a lot of sunlight and reflected sunlight that 
it's just all aimed right at your skin. Now, most of your skin will be covered up because it's cold, but we all have some exposed skin, and it's really important to put um, sunscreen and lip balm on exposed skin uh, in the wintertime as well as in the summer. And interestingly, I read an article, and I think it was Family Circle, um, this this past month. I think it was the June issue. One of the things that they were saying is um, that she didn't think that she – she thought she was protecting herself because she was using her skin cream, but she was only using it on her face. She was not um, using it on her ears or if you have a bald spot, if you're a gentleman, you might need to put it there as well. Oh, it, it, absolutely. It's any exposed skin. And, you know, it, it, we get kind of tricked uh, by our own skin because – as we know, some parts of our skin are more sensitive to others. I mean, you know, we all we know that from tickling. You know, we're 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 ticklish on the bottom of our feet, but not on the tops of our feet. So, so our our skin is more sensitive in different ways. And um, you think, oh, you know, my face. I've got to protect my face. But you know, how many mm-hmm. people think about their earlobe or earlobes, as you said, or the back of their neck, um, right. you know, uh, or, or the palms of their hands. And um, any area that is exposed to sunlight is at risk for burning. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be covered with uh, sunscreen. Every spot. I mean, women's cleavage, women uh, may have um, their the backs of their shoulders. It is true. And, oh, yeah. And we- we're so concerned about our, our face needing, and we think, oh, well, we don't need it in other places. Um, you know, you? Um, I, I, I was going to say, uh, I was also going to say, you know, one place where a lot of people do not put sunscreen but is particularly susceptible to burns is in the summertime when you wear sandals. Uh, people don't oh. put <clears throat> uh, sunscreen on the tops of their feet. Good and, point. you know, and then after a day in the sun, you know, you're going, wow, my feet really hurt. And you look down, and they're bright pink. Um, and you've gotten a terrible burn. It's it, it's sensitive skin because most of the time your foot is covered up, you know, by socks and shoes. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know, on on sunny, warm days, we're out there in sandals, and you know, we're exposing that uh, uh, otherwise fairly sensitive skin to mm-hmm. uh, to to direct uh, ultraviolet radiation. So sunscreen is really important on your on uh, any exposed skin, uh, including including your feet and your toes. Have you seen any articles or uh, information about some of these preventative fabrics that uh, I know when I was going through uh, my journey, there I would get a lot of stuff in the mail. And there was one company whose hats had an extra UV uh, element to them, and so did their, their shirts, their T-shirts, their um, little cover-ups over your bathing suit. Do you know anything about those? Uh, I, I, I don't know a great deal, um, and I, I couldn't ever uh, endorse any particular product over another one. But the important thing there is actually just the fabric itself. It's covering Mm -hmm. up the skin and... and, and, and just covering the skin uh, does, a, does a great job. Um, that's why, you know, it's so important to wear a hat um, outside in, in the bright sunlight. I see so many people, though, um, you know, they're wearing a baseball-type hat. And mm-hmm. they say, well, I've got a hat on. You know, my head's protected. Well, yes, but a baseball hat's not going to protect the top of your ears. And right. It's not going to protect the back of your neck. Um, 
those of us who do a lot of hiking in the mountains, uh, you know, and you get up into high elevations and you're even more exposed uh, to bright ultraviolet radiation, uh, we wear, um, you know, wide-brimmed hats where the brim uh, shades our ears and the back of our neck as well. But, um, yeah, just covering up with, 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 with fabric and uh, uh, I, I don't have the research right at my fingertips about how the um, uh, treated fabric, if it, 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 how much it improves the protection or not. But I would say any kind of clothing that covers the skin, that's, that's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. I, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, this is just something to, for, to get me to spend money on because it was, <laughs> I, I sort of felt vulnerable. And I'm thinking, okay, everybody who thinks that I'm going to jump into their, <laughs> into their product because I, it's, a, um, it's going to save me from further cancer. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just the, the uh, suspicious thing. Maybe I get a little paranoid in me but i i kind of wonder if if spending sixty dollars on a shirt because it's supposed to have higher uv uh elements to it would do any better than if i just put on a cotton shirt that's just going to be a cover-up but i don't know and i don't mean to dismiss a good product in fact like you say i don't want to endorse or, or put down a product but i guess we need to talk to the doctor about it our society is really of two minds when it comes to uh, exposure to the sun and suntans and sunburns we all know that a sunburn is bad because they're painful and and you know and and after the pain has disappeared you know our skin goes through that ugly peeling process and mm. so you know nobody wants that but you know, we all want that kind of healthy glow. You know, no one wants to look pallid or pale or, you know, or it looks like you've lived in a cave for the last six months. You know, we all want to. We've, we've associated having a bit of a tan with being healthy. And there's all kinds of cultural references to that. Uh-huh. At, the, at the same time, we have uh, uh, other cultural references um, in reference to color of, uh, of the skin, and I don't, I don't mean uh, uh, racially here, but think of the exactly. term red. Think of the term redneck. Now, mm-hmm. you know, redneck connotes all kinds of things, but what does it mean literally? It's you know, you get a redneck from uh, if you're working uh, on a farm and wearing a feed cap, and you're out in the sun all day, you get a sunburned neck, and that's you know, your, your redneck. When I was a kid. Uh, we used to make fun of other kids who had what we called T-shirt tans, yes. where you know their arms were tan, but their but their you know their chest and their and their stomachs were white. You know that meant to us, and you know in that kind of cruel way that kids have, that meant to us that oh gee, the kid hadn't gone to the beach or to the lake or anything like that. He had to work outside uh, wearing a T-shirt all the time. He must be you know. Yeah, you know, he he doesn't have fun like we do down at down That's at the it. beach. Yeah, Steve, we've got our last break coming up uh, in okay. just about a minute. So on the other side, I'm wondering uh, if you can think about some success stories that you may have seen, especially when you do your events like the Proudy. I'm sure that there have been some amazing success stories. Yeah. So um, I think about that while we're on the break, and I also want to make sure that I let everybody know. If you've missed any portion of this uh, broadcast or any of Sandra's Motherhood Talk radio programs, you'll want to check them out at our Toganet show page, or you can always find our podcasts on iTunes. 
Um, on the other side of the break, we'll be back with Steve Berkeley from the Norris Cotton Cancer Center in Lebanon. We want to make sure that we direct you to www.cancer.dartmouth.edu for lots more information from the Norris Cotton Cancer Center. Be back for our last segment with Steve Berkeley in just a moment. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. I am beautiful no matter what they say. Words can't bring me down. I am beautiful in every single way. Yes, Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Pinrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpinrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Attention parents and teachers. Here is a series of alarming yet true facts about the current state of teaching reading in the United States. The federal government has spent close to half a trillion dollars to improve reading ability, and yet we still have over 8 million students who cannot read on grade level. 440,000 students who have a total reading vocabulary of 50 words or less. And a national dropout rate of one new student every 26 seconds. Sadly, one of these could be yours. Fortunately, it's not too late to help. Introducing The Reading Show with Dr. Joe, a fast-paced, highly informative, easy-to-listen-to show led by nationally recognized reading authority, Dr. Joe Lakovich. For more on Joe on the show, check out his website, failurefreeonline.com. Listen in this week to learn amazingly simple ways to turn this problem around. The Reading Show with Dr. Joe, with your host, Dr. Joe Lakovich, Fridays at 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio. And as I've said earlier, not with Sandra Beck today because she's enjoying some time off, well-deserved time off with her family, as is Christy Holly. So we wish them all well. And while they are away, I am joined today by Steve Berkeley from the Norris Cotton Cancer Center right here in beautiful New Hampshire. We sure do have a beautiful state. Every state is unique, I know, and every state has something beautiful. 
wonderful in it. But I guess because I am a New Hampshireite, I am a little partial to New Hampshire. <laughs> How about you, Steve? Where do you hail from? Uh, well, I'm originally from California, uh, but really? I live in I live in the White Mountains region of New Hampshire. And I'll, and I'll have to say this about New Hampshire: uh, we pack a whole lot in a pretty small space. <laughs> <laughs> we sure do. You've got a little bit of everything here. <laughs> Yes, yeah, including including seacoast. So yes, <laughs> yes, that little bit. We we have our little bit. We're very proud of our little bit of our seacoast. Our regular host is from California, so when she and I are on uh, together, she is on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast, so we just kind of pull the country together. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the beauty of Internet radio is because we can be just about anywhere in the whole world and, and still be on on the show together. It is indeed. <clears throat> One of the things, I guess, that we want to encourage people is that is it's scary when you think there's something wrong. You might wait to go to the doctor, and you really shouldn't, because if there's something wrong, uh, skin cancer is pretty treatable. I, and I don't know if you have any statistics, Steve, as far as success rates or at least... Um, I, and, and not to compare it to other forms of cancer, possibly, but there's a lot we can do with skin cancer, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, let's let's talk about uh, a couple of numbers. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, mm-hmm. the National Cancer Institute estimates that uh, this year, in 2012, um, uh, more than two million new cases of skin cancer are going to be diagnosed. Boy, now, is that scary. Yeah, that is scary. That's a big number, and those are new cases. But the, uh, the, the, the good news out of that, um, if, if you could call it this, mm-hmm. is that out of those 2 million cases, the number of deaths that will result is, um, is less than 1,000. So wow. that, that shows you um, <clears throat> not only that skin cancer, and there are various kinds of skin cancer. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, that n- n- not only is skin cancer um, eminently treatable, but also that research has gone so far in figuring out how best to treat um, skin cancer. Um, the, the, the various kinds of skin cancers, are the, the one that perhaps most of your listeners are familiar with is uh, melanoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a kind of cancer that grows out of the pigment scale, uh, cells in uh, our skin. Um, it's, a cancer cell is a normal cell where, that something's gone wrong in, uh, a, a, a switch that would normally uh, kind of be flipped on to tell it to start beginning the, 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 the dying process to be replaced by a new healthy cell. That switch goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Something keeps growing. Um, so uh, melanoma is, is pigment uh, uh, cells gone haywire. By the way, um, while people with darker skin uh, have a less uh, uh, rates of melanoma than people with fairer skin, um, they can still get melanoma. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of across the board for human beings. Then there's um, basal uh, cell skin cancer, and uh, the, the, the basal cell skin, uh, or the basal cell layer of the skin is below the epidermis, so it's uh-huh. kind of in, in there a little ways. And uh, basal cell um, uh, skin cancer usually 
uh, shows up in, in the areas of the skin that have been exposed to a lot of sun. And then there's finally squamous cell uh, skin cancer. Um, uh, and, and this is uh, sometimes a problem uh, in people with darker, darker skin. And, uh, yeah, and it's usually found in places that are not necessarily exposed to a, a lot of sunlight. One big reason why um, the rates of death from skin cancer are low compared to other cancers is because we see our skin and we can notice when something's not quite right. Right. And, um, you know, you, like we were saying before, we're all pretty familiar with our own personal moles and freckles and, you know, scars and things like that on our skin. And when something changes, um, we've all heard the excellent advice, and it still is true, when, when a mole or a freckle or some spot on your skin changes, then you go see a dermatologist or your doctor. And uh, there's various <clears throat> kinds of uh, tests that they can do uh, to find out whether um, uh, it's a, you know, you've got a problem or not. So that's, that's the most important um, piece of information that I can impart to your listeners today uh, is that, uh, you know, to take a, you know, take a good look at your skin. It's, sure. First of all, it's, it's this incredible thing. I mean, just sort of, you know, marvel at, it, at, at its wondrousness. And then, and then you know, take a good look and kind of memorize the, uh, the the map of your skin and where you know where you've got moles and freckles and spots and this and that because we all have them. Yeah. And uh, and just and just keep track of uh, what might change and what doesn't. Now, are squamous and basal cell uh, cancers typically uh, more? Are you more susceptible to those again due to say sun exposure or? Would that be something that you might be more predisposed to, either because of hereditary reasons or from other other reasons? Um, again, I'm not a physician or a clinician, I know that, yep. so, so I just yep. want to remind your listeners that um, uh, basal uh, cell skin cancer is from sun exposure. Um, uh, the others, you know, genetics are kind of always involved in these in these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cancer is just enormously complicated. Um, and it, it, as we were saying earlier in the program, um, the research is increasingly shown that, showing that um, each cancer is individual. And uh, the, the, the big drive right now in cancer treatment is to try and create or find and create a personalized cancer therapies that can address um, an individual patient's individual cancer. Oh, that's because, fascinating. Yeah, even if um, even if I have melanoma and you have melanoma, mm -hmm. um, and they and even if they look pretty much exactly the same, they're different. And mm -hmm. uh, and 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 the the specific kind of treatment that's going to work best for you might need to be altered a little bit. In my case, because of genetics and you know lifestyle and you know all sorts of other variable factors right and the other way around uh, I did not have any cancer in either side of my family yet at the age of let's see how old is I, I was in my late 40s when I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's which yeah. is not even a typical uh, a typical uh, age or demographic for Hodgkin's is young men in their 18 to 25 bracket. And for right. them to finally realize that here, this 40-something woman 
<laughs> that yeah. has no cancer history in her family anywhere, uh, they they finally were able to type it and say, oh, it's Hodgkin's. And of course, my doctor was kind of funny because he's bouncing around. He's saying, I'm good news. You have Hodgkin's. And I'm thinking, <laughs> laying on a biopsy table going, what is so good about you telling me I have cancer? But it was far more treatable than had it been uh, a lympho, uh, uh, not a, uh, another kind of cancer like a, a carcinoma. Or they, would, they were worried that it was a lung cancer is what they were worried about. So for him to determine that it was Hodgkin's, he was funny. And I was no. like, yay, I'm really thrilled. <laughs> yeah. Yay, it's Hodgkin's. Yeah, it's, I know. But well, lo and behold, here I am that many years later, 12, 13, uh, some odd years later, and I'm still here to talk and laugh about it. So, Well, um, congratulations on, on, right. on, on being a, a, a wonderful uh, cancer survivor, Robin. It's exciting. Um, We've only got about three minutes, David. This, this okay. show has totally flown by. Real quick, if you can get, think of somebody who did it, got through it, and succeeded, um, someone we can all look up to? Oh, like a celebrity name? Um, Not necessarily a celebrity. I think anybody who has been through it is a celebrity. They're a hero. Well, I, 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 yes. I, I can't think of any you know, particular okay. person right off the, the, the top of my head. But I can say that... Um, uh, uh, skin cancer, <laughs> there are more survivors of skin cancer than any other kind of cancer. And um, because it is very treatable, and um, uh, 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 it, 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 skin tumors, you know, it, it's, it's, there, most of them are not difficult to remove um, and, and can be treated. And people can go on, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to a long and happy life um, almost almost as if nothing ever happened. Now, if you have been treated for uh, skin cancer, um, you are susceptible to uh, a, a recurrence of, of, of cancer if you don't take care of yourself. So that's, yeah. the, that, that's the key. And, and you know that from your Hodgkin's as well. Right. Um, you do have to make a few alterations in your life. The easiest one for skin cancer, just keep slathering on the, 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 the sunscreen. That's also the easiest thing to prevent skin cancer. So, and with you know, so many things in life that we have to worry about, if that's all that it is to relieve that one worry, <laughs> I think yeah. that's a pretty easy fix. <laughs> well, it's 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 the biggest first step in the right direction that you can take in cancer prevention, and it's also the cheapest. I mean, what could be better than that? <laughs> That's absolutely true. Steve Berkeley. it has been a delight to spend this hour with you. I want to uh, direct everyone to your website again, www.cancer.dartmouth.edu. The website is filled, filled with wonderful information, and even if you're not in the New Hampshire area, it is certainly going to give you lots of very very good information for you to turn around and bring to your physician wherever you are. Steve, thank you so much. Thank you, Robin. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's been a pleasure. And we will be back next week with Sandra and Christy. We hope they're having a wonderful vacation and we hope you're all having a good summer too. Please, everyone, stay safe, wear your sunscreen, and we'll see you next week on Motherhood Talk Radio. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Motherhood Talk.